0: Paradigms: Insights into relationships and you. Hosted by Toby Jenkins, a marriage and family therapist associate serving Central Kentucky. Each week, Toby will bring you a show with a topic related to mental health, relationships, or self-improvement. The name of the show, Paradigms, comes from that moment in the therapy process when a profound shift in perspective happens for a client. An epiphany sometimes accompanied by physical reaction that leads them to look at things differently and make significant steps towards improving and enriching their lives.
1: Welcome to Paradigms, insights into relationships and you. I'm your host, Toby Jenkins. Today's topic is credit counseling. One of the things that, uh, from a parent, I have two children, and one of the things that uh, I see from a clinical standpoint where we fail to pass on information from generation to generation is uh, sex and intimacy and money. And um, most uh, young people go into adulthood not really knowing how to navigate or manage their finances. When I was at the University of Kentucky, the School of Ag does a really good simulation. It's called This Is Your Life. And they set up a huge auditorium, and they assign students uh, jobs related to their major. And then they get an income, they get bills, they get credit cards. And then through this uh, simulation, they have to manage to uh, stay out of the red. And it's very interesting to see, uh, these students struggle with their dreams versus their reality and trying to manage their money. And so, um, personally, I didn't get very much, uh, training in terms of how to manage my income versus, uh, my spending. And I saw my parents, uh, struggle with it. I mean, it's one of the two things people or couples divorce over. And so, um, I'll we'll probably get into this in, a, in later episodes, but um, from a marriage standpoint, I see a lot of couples that are married in every way except financially, and that means generally having split bank accounts, um, and as you can imagine, that can lead to some level of secrecy and um, and dishonesty. And so, um, so today's guest is Darius Norman. Darius is a native of Birmingham, Alabama. He currently lives in Conyers, Georgia. He's a social worker and motivational speaker with 10 years of experience working with individuals, families, and communities. He obtained his BA in religion from Morris Brown College in 2003, and he went on to obtain his graduate degree in social work from Clark University in 2005. It has been his mission since he overcame his own financial ups and downs to empower others with, with educational tools to assist them in taking control of their financial and credit issues so they can have a secure financial future. He's a social worker, a consumer advocate, a published author, and a certified credit repair specialist. One of the ways he helps people is through his book, Rewriting Financial Rules, published in 2017. And I was just looking at Darius' website. You can find his book at um, Barnes & Noble rewritingfinancialrulesllc.com. dot Welcome to the show, Darius. How are Thank, you? Today? I'm great, sir. Thanks for having me on. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Reading your background, uh, how did you do all of that <laughs> in that short of time? That's a lot of accomplishments in a very
0: small window. Well, I mean, you know, I think. I, well, I'm, I'm still developing all those aspects in my career. So, you know, it's it's been a great journey. I would say, you know, I came up with rewriting financial rules because myself, I had a financial setback. As a college student, I did not have the, I didn't have the tools or the life skills to understand personal finances. Oh. And so with that, you know, I, I went down a journey financially that was very tough and it was a hard road. And so I had to make some hard decisions.
1: Yeah, that's, um, from working with college students, that is not unusual. Um, and credit cards are so available. And, uh, from a consumer standpoint, there've been several universities who are now putting limits on how, uh, credit cards can market to students on campuses. Is that where you um, gotten the credit card issues on, while you're in college?
0: Credit card issues. And also, again, not understanding the, you know, literacy around student loans and student loan debt. Oh, I acquired yes, yes. all the student loan debt. And so with me, you know, packing on credit card debt and not understanding that it has a tremendous Impact on your credit and your credit score, as well as defaulting on my student loans. Ooh. I mean, it just it it was just terrible.
1: So, looking back on that time in your life, what's the mm-hmm. biggest aha thing you've learned uh, now that you wish you would have knew back then?
0: Well, I think I wish I would have been able to, first of all, understand how credit cards can affect you if you don't pay those credit cards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think the next most important thing is to, I learned from this situation was I don't have to live above my means. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard, you know, especially here, this, you know, I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, so, I don't know if you know much about Atlanta, but it's a city where you are, a, a lot of people appear to be successful, but behind the scenes is really not that way. And, yes. you know, social pressure and external forces, if you don't have a strong sense of who you are as an individual, you'll find yourself buying things you really don't need just to feel like you can fit in or you are part of the, um, you know, part of a group that is successful,
1: yeah. I could tell you, I've, I'm very familiar with Atlanta. Um, actually, as my family lived there for five years in the 70s, and that's a place I probably get to maybe once a year. have friends there, um, right? It, it is a very uh celebrity heavy uh culture. Um, I was with my one of my good friends there, and uh-huh. we show up at a restaurant. And, now, one of the things is different because, you know, there's valet parking everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so we get valet parking, get out of the car, and people look at us, and you could see people saying, who are they? Yeah. They're so foreign to me. And I was thinking, I'm just Toby. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I can very easily see uh, how in Atlanta and other, there are other places like that. I lived in Nashville for a couple of years. Okay. has a celebrity culture as well. Um, right. But you bring up a good point in terms of um, the same way people develop, um, I'll call them coping skills. Now, not all coping skills are good. So you commonly hear about core, uh, poor coping skills when you think about food. So people spend money in a way to cope with things. And so there's definitely a mental aspect to it that you bring up. Um, whether it's keeping up with appearances or buying something that you don't need that helps you just feel good. But, um, it, you really need to understand why you're spending your money. And the thing you bring up about living within your needs is, uh, is huge. Very huge. So, um, sounds like, um, you did not pay your credit cards and then what, what was the penalty for that?
0: So I did not pay my credit cards and that's a great aspect that you bring up. Because also, you know, here in this culture, and I think, like you pointed out in other cities and metropolitan areas, you have, you know, it's, it's, the environment is based around capitalism. Um, buy what you want, you can get everything on credit. People will accept you, and you, you think by material things will create social acceptance. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. especially in a college student here we are when I was in college we were engulfed with celebrities coming on our campus every day we were inundated with that so here I'm a struggling college student going to my dorm room eating ramen noodles and you may have an NBA player who's coming on our campus to you know you know to you know engage the females and he or she he may be Coming up there, NBA player, NFL player may be coming to our campus in a Rolls Royce or Ferrari. So here you're looking like, wait a minute, I'm a struggling college student. You know, I should be here. And you see the the pressure. You see how people, you know, receive that individual because he has this social except as symbolism, you know I hope i 'm making sense to
1: you no, you make complete sense, and that 's one of the realizations that in um, that, that this is your life simulation that um, I think uh, it depends on where you are, but like college students in particular, they may way overestimate how much their in how far their income will take them once they get out of school now Definitely. this also applies to uh, people who who are who are not college bound or in college as well. Um, same kind of a thing. It's um, you really need. To, you bring up a good point. You really need to understand um, what your needs are and how to live uh, within your within your resources. Uh, otherwise,
0: right. it's just and, risky for debt. Right, and I would. I I, ho- I want to. I hope I can elude more because you know, not having the life skill and understanding personal finance, even though my parents were great financially they but you know like you indicated earlier a lot of times your parents don't pass down that information you know you you basically have to learn on your own through the school of hard knocks knocks in some ways so when I got out of college I had tons of student loan debt and I did not pay credit cards and so my credit score was terrible and I came out of school in the beginning. I was only making $30,000 a year, but then I didn't understand the importance of a budget and didn't understand that I could live with, within my means and I needed to obtain a place to live that, that is comfortable, comfortable within my, uh, you know, at that time, my salary range at that moment. And so I took those bad habits even into my adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so, I just saw myself going down a path financial. I could not buy anything. I had creditors calling me. Uh, My student loans were delinquent. Um, I mean, it was just terrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're up against a commercial break. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk more about the mechanics of uh, credit. Is it necessary? How to manage it? And uh, more with Darius Norman. We'll be right back after this break. This segment of Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and You, is sponsored by Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy. Walking beside you during life's challenges. Providing therapy for couples, families, and individuals. Find us on the web at www.jenkinscft.com. And we're back. This is Paradigms: Insights into Relationships and You, and we are continuing continuing our discussion with Darius Norman, who is a credit. Um, how would you describe your
0: title? A credit counselor, right? Yeah, and more so a consumer advocate around credit issues or credit counseling. Okay, I'm an advocate too, also.
1: Okay. So, so one of the things I commonly get asked. Um, is um what is credit why do we need it and so and why can't you um like i'm a fan of dave ramsey and sure i'd like to pay for everything in cash but also there's some benefits to having credit cards um i actually remember uh when i got out of school and wanted to make a big purchase i was actually hurt because i had no credit history right so um and so um what are the mechanics of credit? Why do we need it? And um, what purpose does it serve?
0: So credit is important in five different facets. So I would name just a few. Credit is important because if you don't have the liquidity or capital to purchase big ticket items, such as purchasing your first home or automobile, or if you are expiring entrepreneur and you don't have capital then credit can play a role in regards to helping you obtaining those big ticket items or you becoming the small business owner that you dream to becoming. So that's why it's important. Also, um, you know, a lot of times people don't understand credit. Credit can, if you don't have good credit or no credit and you are trying to buy big ticket items, you're going to either be paying more for those items or you're gonna to continue to be denied credit or financial products to assist you in obtaining those big ticket items.
1: That is an important point. <laughs> you know, it almost seems a little backwards, but um, yeah. I, um, when I do get a chance to talk to students, I explain that dynamic to them that it, it costs you more to be poor and have poor credit. And right. so um, I use the example of buying a home and if your credit score is jacked up you right. get a higher interest rate and I, I i do the math for students and show them this is what that higher interest rate means in your monthly payments versus if your credit score is decent right. so um yeah you're so you need it like you said you i mean to go buy a house most of us don't have the cash to go do that but um yeah poor credit will just uh, will cost you more money um yeah. So, um, how would you advise? So, we want to we want to uh, talk more about to parents and also to teenagers as they kind of transition into being more financially independent. What are the uh, things that you tell young people to uh, be advised about when they start developing their credit history?
0: Well, make sure if, you know credit is not bad, and obtaining a credit card is not bad. It's just if you obtain education and the literacy around using those financial products, it can actually help you. So when I engage young people, young adults, and people who are entering into college, my first advice tip is to provide those individuals with, I tell them, look, understand the terms around obtaining a credit card. If you're going to obtain a credit card, maintain the monthly payments because monthly your payment history consists of 35% of how your credit score is developed. Also, also, also educate young people as well as parents if they're gonna um, make sure that their teenager or college student is going to be effective financially with around credit or financial literacy. Um, next step, I would also encourage them to do like I said, obtain a credit card for around maybe two to three hundred dollars, so you could develop a discipline to make sure that you're paying those paying the payment on time and you don't have a huge payment to maintain once a month. Also, one thing I will also drive home too, you and myself did not encounter maybe when we were in college and credit card companies were offering us free credit credit cards or financial products. Now, credit card companies are being, becoming very aggressive. I'm currently assisting a young lady who finished, just graduated college. If you don't pay these credit cards, that's the one thing I'm driving home with some of the young people I'm working with. If you're not going to pay these credit cards and those credit cards become delinquent, and if you don't understand the terms and conditions, once you sign your name to those, uh, obtaining the financial product, those companies have the right to sue you. Though there are arbitrary agreements in place. So if you don't pay those, pay those credit cards or you become delinquent, those credit card companies can sell it to a third party unit or company. And those companies have the right to suit you for the remaining balance. So that's oh. something I drive home with parents as well as teenagers.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, you bring up a good point. Now, one thing I I've seen is that, um, I don't think you, teenagers and college students understand how, paying a minimum. Um, can you talk through? Uh, let's say with if you have a thousand dollar balance uh, and your minimum is seventy dollars, how long would that
0: take you to pay off? Depending on the interest rate. So if you have a thousand dollar credit card limit and you have overutilized that particular credit card and you're at, you may have m- Utilized it up to five hundred dollars, and the minimum payment, like you indicated, seventy dollars. Depending on the interest rate, if you have a twenty-two percent interest rate, it may take you three to four years to pay that off completely. If you're not paying it on time and paying larger amounts,
1: yes, <laughs> that, that's a, that's an aspect uh, a lot of young people don't understand. That if you pay the minimums, it may take you forever to. Yes. It off. So you really have to understand how how the compounding interest is working. And um, and how that paying that minimum hurts you, especially if you have a high interest rate credit card. That's so, right. Um, so yeah, so you need credit in a, in order to uh, buy a home, buy a car. So um, so that's the good part of credit. And so um, one of the things I've seen that you also work with is uh, identity theft. Um, now people joke that uh, they open up credit cards. And their children's name. Um, And it's a joke, but you know, that does happen. So, what are the common things you see
0: with credit card and identity theft? Well, one thing I've seen, and you know, we recently, I think a lot of people have been maybe despondent, but last year, I I think you probably heard of this in the news. It was all over the news, it made national coverage. One of our largest credit bureaus. Uh, was hacked, and it was over 148 million consumers here in America. Pertinent information was stolen, like your Social Security number, your date of birth, even your driver's license number. I do so remember. you remember that. Yep. And so not only that, that put a, that's putting the average consumer at risk to, being taken advantage of by not only hackers or thieves, but someone who has that pertinent information and they can set up loans or obtain financial products in your name without imposing as you. And you may not even have a foreknowledge of that.
1: Yes. Yeah. So what's the best way for consumers to protect themselves against that kind of
0: theft? Well, the, the number one, um, Advice tip I give consumers as well as individuals are coach is to make sure that you are enrolled in any tiny type of transactional alert systems with any if with your banks or if you have a credit card or you have a personal loan with a company, make sure that you enroll into those transactional alert systems. So if any transactions that are taking place you will be alerted. And if you, if you don't see, if those transactions are not what um, you have uh, been, you take and then you can alert the company.
1: Right. I, I was reading on your website uh, some of your testimonials. And um, one of the stories was really gripping about, uh, I think it was a young man who uh, bought a car and um, the loan officer at the car dealership then opened two other loans in their name. And yep. they didn't know, and um, until I guess they checked their credit report, and then trying to get that rectified was horrendous. So, yes. um, I've heard of others having that issue, and you know, identity theft is devastating. Um, so, how how are you able to help that person resolve uh, some of those false charges that there were, or those loans that were put on their name?
0: Well, with that particular client. He, uh, How we were able to assist him, he had the actual documentation. State and local agencies, such as the state attorney general, got involved. He filed police reports, as well as a lot of consumers don't know. We have a consumer protection agency, a federal bureau that was set up back in 2010 by a previous administration to protect us against you know, uh, those fraudulent practices. So how I was able to assist this gentleman and I think consumers can utilize it. I was able to obtain all the information that he had. And we, um, created a complaint through the consumer financial protection bureau oh, nice. and yeah. And through the consumer financial protection bureau, we was a, we were able to rectify the situation and, He went through different channels. He tried to obtain attorneys, and no attorney would take the case. Wow. Wow. I'm sure he's extremely grateful
1: for the support and help you gave him. Um, Absolutely. Wow. So we're up against another break. As we go to commercial, um, we'll come back with Darius and uh, dig more into how you can have credit work for you versus against you. This is Paradigms. Insights into relationships in you, we'll be right back. This segment of Paradigms Insights into Relationships in You is sponsored by the Parker Relationship Center, working to better relationships for individuals, couples, and families. Find us on the web at www.relationshipcenterky.com. And we're back. This is Paradigms Insights into Relationships and You. Today we have a, a credit counselor, a specialist, Darius Norman. And we've been talking about uh credit in particularly uh, for young people who are getting credit cards, developing credit, and um getting on their own two feet and financially. So um, so Darius, um we're gonna talk about credit scores later, but um what are some of the important ways, especially if you are gearing this towards younger people, how can they protect themselves? In um, their credit.
0: Okay. So, also, like you indicate, you specified in regards to protecting your children's uh, credit profile or, you know, a young adult who wants to protect their credit profile or just a family or individual. The best way to, another tip is to obtain, call each credit bureau. And as a consumer, Congress just passed where each consumer can obtain a free credit freeze. So you can call the credit bureaus and request that your credit reports are freezed and they will provide you with authorization number. So if you are, if you do, if you want to go out and purchase um, an, an item, then you will have to just provide the bureaus, the authorization numbers. So if you know, your credit profile can be released to the financial institutions who are looking to improve you for a, uh, financial product.
1: Okay. So, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, commercials that have caught my eye recently is the couple and, um, she's going <laughs> to check their, her credit score. And he says, no. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, uh, We've talked a little bit about credit scores. What is a credit score? Um, What's a good credit score, and how is it usually calculated?
0: Okay, so credit score is a um, number that is formulated based on five different components, and it's based. These I'm gonna only name two to three components that uh, formulates your credit score. Number one, the most important one is your payment history. Uh, Number two is how you utilize credit. And the third one, and lastly, that I'm just going to name it for time's sake, is the age and limit of the type of uh, credit products and financial products you have or different type of accounts that you have set up. So it's just not
1: credit cards. It it includes your bills you're paying, everything.
0: Any any account. Any account you have set up in your name um it could be like you said installment loans credit cards student loans auto loans or it can be even you know i don't know mortgages if you have a mortgage or if you even had maybe a tax lien or maybe a bankruptcy all that information is pulled from the bureaus and reported onto your credit report and that calculates your credit score.
1: Okay. So I have, a, I have a question about that. Um, yep. so in terms of, um, so, so, um, just in how my wife and I manage our finances, I am, I pay the bills and there's some bills where my name's only on them. There's some, some that both our names are on them. And then there's some that are just her. And so you would think our credit score would be about the same, but it's off by a little bit. So, um for family for couples, how would you advise them in terms of um managing their credit history and credit score together
0: well i 'm glad that you point asked me that because you know it it could be a difference because the debt to income ratio may be a reflection of that also okay so one may have taken on more debt than the than their partner is, so okay. that' be a difference in regards to how they credit scores reflected mm-hmm. so i would say you know if you have a partner if you know your wife or husband and you guys want to get on the same page i would encourage you guys to if one has more debt than the other your your wife or husband maybe you guys should come up with a plan a budget to reduce that debt
1: good pay
0: That's those good. debts down
1: yeah Okay.
0: So going back to the credit
1: score. So what, what is a good score? What's a bad score? And so this commercial I referred to, does it hurt you to check your credit? I think I
0: remember it used to, but does it hurt you? Well, there's a difference between soft inquiries and hard inquiries. Soft inquiries does not imply or does not have any adverse effect on your credit score. So if you go through to these free credit monitoring companies like Credit Karma or Credit Sesame or Quizzle, that does not have an adverse effect on your credit report or your scores. You can even go through FICA.com and though that does not have an adverse effect on your credit. Only way a uh, checking your credit score will adversely affect your credit is when you are out to look into purchase a big ticket item, such as a home, a car, especially a car because a lot of these auto dealerships, they tend to, um, you know, try to get you the best loan amount and they tend to um, run your credit through a lot of banks and so you'll find out you have a lot of hard inquiries. So that's the only way your credit score will be affected when you're trying to purchase big ticket items.
1: Okay, and so, from a creditor's standpoint, seeing these inquiries um is that's just a sign of uh bad credit use, or how does that how does that make your how does that uh decrease your
0: credit score yeah and some banks do tend to look at if you have if you are applying overly applying for loans or
1: oh i see
0: products yeah they oh. will look at you as being a risk or I potentially see. being a risk for defaulting on loans or debt that you may already have. Yeah.
1: So I learned, I didn't know that. So that's why the guy in the commercial saying,
0: no. (laughs) Yes. But you know, like I said, going to the free credit reporting um, agencies or monitoring systems, that's not going to adversely affect your credit score. That's basically a soft pool. And you want to monitor your credit. So, you, if you're looking to repair your credit or you're looking to boost your credit, you need to see: uh, Are you making some changes or adjustment, or do you need to make further adjustments? Monitoring is great. Okay, so then what's a good score? What's a good number? So, the best possible number that you can obtain is a eight hundred and fifty. The poorest of poorest scores is a three hundred. So the it the better your score is, is the better you have purchasing power, okay? Good, very good. All right,
1: um, that is really good to know. So, you know, I one of the features my bank has started, I think, in the last year or so is, um, monthly I get an updated score and I get to check it. So, um, right now I know that's not hurting my credit, I don't think,
0: not at all, not at all. unless you were going to buy another home or car, then you may see your credit score going down two to three points.
1: So I get that update monthly. Does that mean that my credit score is uh,
0: calculated monthly? It is because some, you know, your account and the financial products that you may have or accounts you may have, those banks or lenders report information every 30 days to the bureau.
1: I see. Okay. So then, um, What's the best, let's say if your credit is damaged, what's the best way to raise your credit score?
0: Well, first of all, you need to pull your credit reports. Based on the research, it indicated, the research indicated that 79% of Americans have some type of inaccurate or erroneous information on their credit reports. So the first step would be to pull your credit report, see what's being reported. Then if you identify any wrong information, then you have a right as a consumer to dispute those items. And the law is called the Fair Credit Reporting Act. You can dispute those items, dispute them via to the credit bureaus.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's good to know. Um, and so... Uh and then how long uh so I do know like back after the uh recession, I, I do know quite a few people who went through bankruptcies. Right. So um how long does it take for
0: something like that to get off of your credit report? Well, bankruptcies usually report up to 10 years. 10 years, wow. 10 years. Any other account inf bankruptcies, tax liens, child support reports onto your credit report up to 10 years. Um any other account information that it, you know, reports up to seven years.
1: Wow. Okay. So during that time, does that mean that uh, credit is not available to you at all?
0: No, that does not prohibit you in obtaining credit. Now, you know, I've seen several people who have undergone and went through bankruptcy and they were able to buy a car and eventually buy a house. You may be paying more for the item but it does not prohibit you in terms of obtaining you know additional lines of credit
1: okay so it's feasible to have a bankruptcy and it takes you after seven years uh you can have a good credit score once again absolutely okay Uh, wow i mean that, that i mean i remember i remember the recession in um there are people I know still digging out from it. I guess we're not. Uh, well, I guess we're ten years beyond it. So, um, right. Um, so, um, so Darius, we're up against the end of our, our this segment here. Um, yeah. How can people contact you if they would would like your
0: services? So they can go directly to my website at Rewriting Financial Rules LLC. I have a contact me section where if they are interested in services, need consultation, I provide free consultations. They can go directly to that contact me section and put in their demographic information and it will auto populate to my email. And I will outreach them within 24 to 40 hours.
1: And you're not bound by region or area. You can anyone from anywhere can contact you.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So we are a consumer advocacy service, credit repair service, and we're licensed uh, and we incorporate it. Awesome. That's
1: awesome. Well, Darius, thank you so much for donating you, your sir. time and educating us about our credit and being more financial, uh, financially literate. You've been listening to Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and Youth. You can catch the Darius Norman Show on this station, WMTA 107.3 FM, on Thursdays at 1 o'clock. If you have a credit story that you'd like to share with us, email me at Toby at ParadigmsRadioshow.com. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigms Insights into Relationships and You, and this is One Minute Insight. I do a lot of work with couples working through infidelity. And while social media has made it really easy for us to connect, it's also made it really convenient for infidelity. The majority of the couples I work with start with or have evidence of some type of computer-mediated communication, whether it be text message, Facebook, social media, dating app of some kind, where they come in and they say, look at what he or she has done, and they have this evidence. So my uh, insight to you is that you should govern yourself on social media as if your partner is reading what you're writing. So if what you're writing or what you're sending is not, would not be approved by your partner, then don't push send. I guarantee you, you will see it again. Um, there's no easy way to hide it. There's no way to, easy way to delete it. It will show up again. So my advice to you is when you're interacting with other people on social media or commuter-mediated communication, pretend like your partner is reading what you write.
0: Thank you for tuning into paradigm insights into relationships and in you with toby jenkins join us again